The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash podchock for your free audiobook download. This episode also supported by the Podchock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Live from Susan's Watering Trough, it's Doctor Who Podchock. The Gallifrey Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 278. This is Louis Trapani, and joining me is Mr. Dave A.C. Cooper. Hello, Dave. Hi, oh, Howdy, partner. <laughs> howdy is right, yes. <laughs> I, I can't really do a Western accent, but um, <laughs> I can't do any accents, uh, so there. Oh, maybe Yoda. But that's not appropriate for today's show. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to have you back on the show, Dave. And uh, we have a brand new spanking show. If you if you listen to this live and, um, you know, I know several of you are, it, there's the, the latest show of last week's, which was a double review episode, is out on the feeds now. So it was a little late getting up, but it's out now. So re- last week we reviewed the first two episodes of the new series of Doctor Who, the 2012 series which was uh, Salon of the Daleks, along with uh, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. So uh, both of those reviews, it's one episode of Dr. Who Pachak 277. It's out on the feeds now. It went out last yesterday, last night, yesterday. Yeah, so. I, I think that was the one where I was speaking from Susan's trough as well. <laughs> well, hopefully um, you're, you're, um, you were able to dry yourself off and you're, you're speaking better now. And we're not speaking of Susan, the doctor's granddaughter, either. We're going to now assume that you have seen the latest episode, A Town Called Mercy. There you have it. Cloyster bells are ringing. So this is our traditional spoiler warning. So if you have not seen A Town Called Mercy, we're talking about the episode, not the actual town, um, you may want to take this episode and put it in your pocket or put it in your wall safe or wherever valuables are kept in the Old West. And certainly not at the bank. <laughs> so uh, you want to save it until you have seen A Town Called Mercy. All right. So uh, thanks for joining Dr. Hupachuk once again. And um, so let's... Um, I don't think there's any major news to kind of touch upon before we begin the review. Is there, Dave? Not that uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. No, nothing that's worth delaying the start of yeah. this. Uh, no, I just wanted to be sure because I know, you know, we cover the news as well, but we don't want to, you know, sometimes we get so, you know, uh, well, blinded. David Tennant, David Tennant hosted a new quiz show that started on uh, Channel 4. Oh, no, I was at ITV yesterday. Uh, it's a, a quiz for comic teams. And um, 
he was the, the host in that. Looking rather resplendent, I must admit. Oh. Uh, he got a, a beard and he looked, uh, he just put a little bit of weight on. So he, uh, I think all the David Tennant fans from Doctor Who were, were quite taken. And there's uh, quite a lot of Facebook pictures of him hosting the quiz. Maybe, um, maybe he's... He had a T-shirt with Frankie, ha- Frankie Howard on the front. But yeah, uh, so David Tennant is back on our screens. Uh-huh. Maybe the changes are due to a, a part or something that he's, he's working on. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Possibly. So, um, and, and to the point about news, I, I know that it's, it's been a while, but a couple of weeks ago, I had put out a new episode of the Sonic News Driver. So I'm due to put out another episode soon. So um, maybe to in, intersperse between our live review shows of Dr. Hugh Parchuk, uh, to kind of cover the news, I'll um, try to get those out on a more regular basis. It's just, um, it's just finding the time to oh. kind of be- to do it all. There was one rather more bizarre piece of news, and that is uh, Doctor Moon from the very famous Doctor Who episode has joined Strictly Come Dancing, which is a new series of uh, Dancing with the Stars, as they call it in the states, and. Uh, the actor who played Dr. Moon, whose name escapes at the moment, uh, Anthony Davis, is that it? Oh, great. Um, was uh, as on that. So oh. it just shows you that there can be life after Dr. Who. There certainly can, yes. And we, we have, um, uh, which is old news now, but um, just to put a finer point on that, we've got Sylvester McQuarrie in the New Hobbit movies, which um, are, are yeah. coming up. There are three of them. All right. That's a lot. Yes. <laughs> well, it's... How many feet are they going to go through in that? I don't know. But it's a Peter Jackson production, so you know it's going to be long, and um, yeah, it's the, the, it's it's not going to be a, a, a short story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to um, A Town Called Mercy. It, this is uh, directed once again by Saul Mertz, Mertstein, who uh, directed the last episode... Uh, um, I believe, which was um, a dinosaurs on a spaceship. It's written by uh, Toby White Whithouse. I am always always tempted to say Whitehouse. Whitehouse, Whithouse, yeah. No, Whithouse is right. Saul so, so Meltstein and Toby Whithouse. And it's a ah. uh, it's a Western motif episode. And if you've seen the uh, well, we we assume you've seen the 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 actual episode. But if you've seen the early Doctor Who trailers like the preview um promos uh most of the the first one was actually mostly from this one so i'm not sure about the shooting order maybe this one was shot um ahead of time i'm not sure but it it, i know the or or maybe the the scenes that they were able to show from this didn't require a lot of special effects so that's why in that first trailer that was put out i guess was in the spring um a lot of it was the i would say the bulk of it was come you know came from this episode well, they did have to go on location for this, of course. They went to Spain, so it, it probably was that it was most of it was in the bag, as it were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's so it's shot in Spain. It takes obviously it takes place in the U.S., which is um, we're back in the U.S. once again. Doctor Who's back in the U.S., though obviously, as Dave said, it wasn't shot in the U.S. But we do have an episode, uh, you know, coming up, and I guess a couple episodes from now where they're supposedly in New York. So. Um, and, you know, and they actually did shoot in New York for part of it. So we know this series of Doctor Who, they're in the U.S. twice. So it's become, not that I'm complaining, but it, it's becoming um, a bit of a tradition now. But the Doctor shouldn't be 
uh, I mean, the doctor, sh I mean, when he lands on Earth, he shouldn't be, I mean, granted, most of the time it would be in the UK, but it shouldn't have to be only in the UK. It's great that we see him in other places. Not, and I don't mean just in the US. I mean, it's great to see him elsewhere. Speaking of Spain, I, I always think of the two doctors, you know, when I think of Spain now. So as I was saying, this is a Western motif episode. It takes place in the Old West. And I, I and now this is my disclaimer is that I'm not I was never really big on Westerns. I'm not a big Westerns fan. I, you know, sometimes I'll I'll, you know, you know, growing up, I would watch them if there was like nothing else on. But it's not something that I, I would seek out. And um, so just that's just a, a um, disclaimer <laughs> before I go any further about, uh, you know, that I'm not very big on Westerns. So. Um, but I'm going to try not to let that, um, um, you know, taint my review. So, uh, but... And actually, I think that actually might be a good thing because I think people who watch Westerns closely and, you know, talk about, you know, well, you shouldn't have had a, uh, I don't know, Winchester 73 in, in 72. And uh, people who, who know a lot about is wearing the wrong spurs or that's the wrong sort of saddle. Uh, probably Western fans might be more critical of this of, than those that didn't. Yeah, no, that's true. Because I am, you know, outside of the, the limit, most of my Western experience comes from when they have shows like this where sci-fi meets the old West. And um, you know what, before I go any further, let's play some, um, a, you know, a montage of clips from um, a town called Mercy just to uh, whet out appetite and kind of um, get our juices flowing. And then we'll, we'll get into the review. I knew you'd find me eventually. Make peace with your gods. Once they were your gods too. Not anymore. Am I, am I the last one? There's one more. The Doctor. Mercy. 81 residents. Uh, the sign does say keep out. I see keep out signs as suggestions more than actual orders, like dry clean only. That's not right. It's a street lamp. An electric street lamp about ten years too early. It's only a few years out. That's what you said when you left your phone charger in Henry VIII's on suite. Doctor, um... Anachronistic electricity keep out signs, aggressive stairs. Has someone been peeking at my Christmas list? Tea. To strong stuff. Leave the bag in. Sir, might I inquire who you is? Of course, I'm the doctor. This is... No need to stand. You see that? Manners. Oh, thank you. But I don't need a new suit. I'm the undertaker, sir. I got a question. Do you an alien? Well, um... Yes, I suppose I am. Yeah! He's coming. Preacher, say something. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. <laughs> thy will be done. You! Bowtie, get back across that line. Now. 
And there we go. A little taste of um, A Town Called Mercy. And once again, thank you, Dave, for compiling those clips. It's a um, great job, as always. Okay. So it's, um, this story, oh, before I go any further, I just uh, something to a uh, point that Dave had made and, um, and I've since now taken note on it is that, uh, you know, each episode begins with its own uh, custom logo for, you know, in the opening credits. So, uh, you know, the, the first one had the, the Dalek balls or spheres or bumps, <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> well, it depends if it's a male or female Dalek. It has I, I would guess so, yeah. <laughs> eggs or uh so and then um it continued Ian's with like that's ian talking <laughs> yes ian, ian is with us even when he's not with us and um and then it continued on with um dinosaurs on a spaceship which had a you know like a um a dinosaur skin like um texture to it so and yeah. i think this had like that old west um um it was like a wooden yeah a wooden, wooden yeah i thought it was like a wooden sign behind it yeah so and this story is um one and it is it's become you know a, it was rare in the original um you know in the original run of the series but now uh once again this begins with some narration and the story concludes with the that same narrate you know the same narrator again so um which we've seen a few times you know since Doctor Who's come back since 2005 um um just make a note of it it's um so, but going back to the themes that we have here, it's um, as I said, it's it's one of these sci-fi meets the old west. Um, it seems like every sci-fi series, including Doctor Who, has uh, you know Doctor Who's no stranger to the old west. It's it's been there before. With going back to William Hartnell with the Gunfighters, so um, you know, and then there's that movie, recent movie, which I haven't seen yet with. Um, with uh, I think yeah, Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford, it was Aliens versus Cowboys or Cowboys versus Aliens. Cowboys, Cowboys versus Aliens. Yeah, I'll have probably got it the wrong way around. So th there's that. I don't know if there's any similarities. I would assume that there might be some um, parallel themes. In that. I haven't seen the movie, so I, I can't really speak to that. I know um, I, I watched it this morning because watching this last night made uh, made me um, remember the. The original Battlestar Galactica series, there was an episode called The Lost Warrior, and um, where the, the story isn't exactly the same, but there's many parallel themes involved, you know, as far as concepts go. You know, instead of um, a cyborg, you know, um, pretty much keeping a town captured, it was a Cylon, which um, uh, this is a 1978 story. So but if you haven't seen it, I'm, I'm no major spoilers here, but uh, basically Apollo gets stranded on a planet and it's a old frontier type of planet. Um, it's not the, obviously it's not the U S it's not the old West, but it has that same motif of the old West, you know, that they're wearing cowboy hats. Some of them are silver, but <laughs> it's that same thing going on. And, um, and this Cylon, uh, which had suffered damage was, um, was the gunslinger and basically, uh, was keeping the town hostage, so to speak. I'm not going to get into the whole story of it, but, um, there's just similar themes here that we see um, in this episode. And and I have to say, watching this, um, it didn't a lot of it just seemed um, like I've seen before. Like it's just like the the painting of the faces and trying to confuse um, the cyborg later on. Um, I, again, it, it, none of it was really um, 
you know, terrible or, or, or stuff that made me say, oh, well, this is horrible or, or you know, it just seemed expected a bit. You know, there, there are a lot of um, cliches that are kind of played out, which um, we kind of and again, I'm not a big on Westerns, but from what little I've seen, we've seen before. Now, supposedly that episode, The Lost Warrior, Battlestar Galactica that I was just mentioning is based loosely on the movie Shane, which I haven't seen. So, um, but I don't know if, if anyone's in our audience that, you know, that would like to chime in and, and maybe is more familiar with these type of things can maybe, you know, educate us on that, um, on, on how similar, you know, storytelling wise, this may be to other, uh, material that has come before us. Um, as I said before, it seems like many science fiction series, especially what, what did you say, Dave? High noon's another one. High, High noon? noons and okay. the Western that it draw roots from. Um, as I said, especially in the sixties, in the sixties, because back in the sixties, because um, in the fifties and sixties, on at least on on American TV, westerns were really big. You know, um, in fact, Gene Roddenberry sold Star Trek, saying it was, um, you know, it was um, what did he say? W- w- wagon train to the stars, or something like that. You know, he he sold it as a yeah. as a western in space, more or less. And um, and even when Star Wars came out, a lot of comparisons were made to to westerns, and um, and of course there are elements of that in it. Uh, but westerns were really big in this in this fifties and sixties. So there are a lot of science fiction um, television, Twilight Zone, and um, you know you would see them visit the western um atmosphere or whatever the uh, environment motif whatever you want to call it and and tell like a science fiction tale within that so um so maybe that's why so much of this kind of looks familiar and there's this always seems to be like some sort of um you know science fiction element that in this old western town that that is um causing an upstir in the town sometimes the town um, will then, you know, take matters in their own hands and, and uh, you know, it will try to uh, remedy the situation themselves instead of doing the right thing just to, um, uh, you know, either destroy the, the sci-fi element or whatever it might be. It, it just seems like, again, we've, we've seen this all before. So maybe if they've done something, like what would have surprised me in this episode was if maybe the, the cyborg teamed up with the doctor you know, earlier, you know, just mix it around somewhat because it just seemed a little bit too familiar for me. Now, now it sounds like I'm trashing this episode, but this episode really does have merits and there's a lot to like about this episode. So I, I don't mean to come off, you know, right away saying that, oh, how, you know, cliche and horrible it all is, but um, some technical merits. Uh, it's shot very well. Great composition in the shots. Um, incredible lighting. They did the lighting very well. Yeah. Um the the colorist was a little bit too monochromatic. I thought at first it was just trying to get, I guess it was just trying to give you the feel of the old West. And it just seemed like, um, it just went a little bit too far, but that was only really in the beginning, the later part of the episode. Um, it didn't seem to be the case anymore. It seemed more natural colors. Uh, I thought it was written well. I thought the dialogue was good. Um, the music was fitting and uh, in the right places. It really created the mood and and uh, and the, and the feeling. It didn't. It wasn't like out of place. You know, it kind of captured that old west feeling. Uh, and the the acting performances were all really top notch. Um, I, I thought they all kind of fleshed out their characters very well. Uh, so I, there, there are no complaints there. Um, I also many times, you know, when there is a sci-fi element in a 
old western town um many times the 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 natives will you know the natives the the the, the, the town's folks will um since it's something they don't understand they would get sometimes the story kind of will get bogged down with religion you know like this was sent by the devil or you know and here it played i mean you you got a little taste of it but it wasn't it really wasn't uh, bogged down it didn't really bog down the story i mean they there was a couple church um there was a there was a church scene and um you know it, but it wasn't it just was there but it wasn't an obstacle um so yep yeah, um so like i said i i think there's but there's a lot of themes um when i'm saying themes now i'm not talking about the western motif but just um morality themes and um those type of concepts that are kind of explored here that really make this episode worthwhile and um you know once again, we are treated to uh, the no more second chances type of doctor where the doctor uh, eventually takes, um, uh, was it Jax? Jax, the, 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 um, the other doctor, the, the character's name. Yeah. It takes him out. Yeah, and... It was uh, Color Jax, wasn't it? Yes. And, and, you know, basically, you know, he was, you know, got to the point where you know, he threw him out of the town and it was sort of like uh, no more second chances. I'm not going to be held responsible for, uh, uh, you know, the, the innocent people being killed and all that. And, um, you know, then the doctor had to be um, kind of put back in his place by his companions. And um, what's kind of interesting. Well, and the sheriff, uh, Sheriff Isaac as well. He said, you know, America's built on giving people second chances. Exactly. He, yeah. The one that, uh, and, and, yeah. and the narrator at the end of the episode says the same thing. America is the land of second chances. So I thought that kind of, you know, subconsciously, you know, he didn't say the doctor didn't say no more second chances, but it was sort of implied by his attitude that, you know, if, if you've seen the David Tennant episode where, you know, he, he, he proclaimed that it, it, it was obviously a throwback to that that sense that the doctor's kind of fed up and he's tired. He's 1,200 years old now and he just, you know, he's tired of dealing with these menaces and, and showing mercy and they always kind of, you know, um, still destroy innocent lives. And um, so, so yeah, I thought that was a, a good tie-in with that. Well, well, you only have to look back to last week's episode, uh, you know, the dinosaurs and spaceship where, you know, he plants the homing mm -hmm. device mm -hmm. on the, um, the space trader's ship. Um, in effect pulls a trigger on him yes yeah and i thought that at the ending of this was actually you know i i was you know i'm complaining a lot about cliches and how it kind of followed suit and all those kind of cliche elements on it but i guess the cliche thing would have done was to have the um the, the jack's character escape you know somehow um live but you know the, the fact that he actually takes his own life is something that might be unexpected in Doctor Who. Well, in a way, I, I think that was, uh, could have been seen as a trite conclusion, but I think you're right, really, the whole thing was a morality tale, and um, they wanted an easy solution because the, that wasn't really the focus of the story. The story was, um, you know, this almost, uh, well, it wasn't in a turmoil for the Doctor, but we're seeing it as viewers, as the you know the doctor uh, does have a dark side, and uh, even Amy refers to the fact that you know it's his time without companions that that he gets to this you know point uh, where 
you know. Sometimes, you know, yeah, sometimes he, he does. I mean, uh, and I almost thought, uh, and one or two other people again thought that, um, you know, seeing a little bit of the Ninth Doctor's, you know, hurt from the Time War mm-hmm. resurface here. Well, now, speaking of, you know, his his time without any companions, now we have to assume there, there's been some time since he last seen Amy and Rory. Now, didn't they depart back at their homestead at the end of last episode again? And But at the very start yeah. of this episode, they were together. And um, I can't pronounce his name in the text, but Twitlin uh, says it's, it's two years. There was certainly a 10-month gap before the other. And we also get uh, reference in the dialogue here uh, Amy says that um, towards the end, I mean, I'll review my bit later, but where, where she says towards the end that um, she was wanting to come with the doctor on another adventure because she's worried her friends are already yes. noticing that they're yeah. getting older. Yeah. Last week's episode, Rory said he was 30, 31 to his dad, where the point is that only, what, how long ago is it since we met the Ponds? Is it five years, seven years? Uh, and yet they've aged more like 10 or 12 years. Um, but, I mean, and, I'm assuming and, that when we first met Amy, she's only... I mean, I'm not talking about Amelia now. I'm talking about the grown-up Amy, um, you know, where she's in a, you know, a kissogram outfit. She's about 20, and Rory's presumably supposed to be 22. Uh, and they've both aged 10, 10 years, as it were, mm-hmm. in what to us has been five, what, five or seven years or something like that. And we know the Doctor himself, the 11th Doctor... That is, has um, he's been at least what two hundred years as the eleventh Doctor because of you know going back to last right. series you know where um, again sorry to interrupt you a little no no go ahead uh, but again uh, Amy states she's thirty four and Rory's thirty six I didn't catch that in the dialogue I certainly remember Rory saying to his father last week. Uh, you know, that, yeah. um, when they were talking about Christmas lists, exactly. and the word Christmas gets another mention again. Again, he yeah. He says to me, I'm 31, I don't write Christmas lists. Yeah, no, he did say that in Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. And then, as you said, he, the Doctor once again mentions Christmas lists again in this episode. Yeah. There, there was no so musical... If two years has gone by, yeah, if two years has gone by, that would make him 33. Yeah. Well, the, the doctor mentions just to, uh, it, as for those listening, we do have a live chat that goes on while we record the live episode. <laughs> so um, that's what we're responding to. Um, um, I guess, uh, is it Tim? Tim Mc, Mc, uh, TM Mc, uh, anyway, he's yeah, in our he's chat. And, uh, <laughs> but the doctor does state he's 1200 in, the, in this episode again. He, he does make a reference at, at yeah. some point where that. Um, and I was, I was saying, not yet the age, uh, yeah, not the, the age of the impossible astronaut, but getting very near to it. Yeah. So, and uh, there was no, um, I, as I made a comment last episode, the um, with uh, Pond Life and the first two episodes, there were references of the Doctor recording music. Um, there was nothing, no, no nothing regarding um, him um, performing or, or recording music in this story. So, um, but the Christmas list carried over. Yeah, uh, the, the the person in text will hopefully have a chance to talk yes, later when we've finished our own uh, analysis. But uh, yeah, um, again, put I yourself mean, in queue. Do you want me to go next, or have you got more to say, Lewis? No, no, I was just going to remind people to put themselves in in the queue um, once again. If you're listening to this live, uh, the phone number to call in during the live show. Don't 
uh, well, you could call in, but you won't get us if you call, you know, outside of the live show, is um, is 724-444-7444. And the call ID is 23358. So if you're listening to live, you can uh, chime in or you can go just simply go to TalkShoe.com and join in the chat there as well. And um, you, you'll be privy to that, too. Uh, we do record the live shows on Sundays at four. Go to Pachak.net for um, uh, you know information about that in case it's been rescheduled or something like that. Or it, actually, it will be listed on TalkShoe.com as well. So um, again, this just pertains to our live shows. We do have a um, the the, the Pachak public call box, which is a, a different number, but I'm not going to give it out now because I don't want to confuse people. Later on, I'll do. I'll give it out. Isaac, he said he was a doctor. An alien doctor. What was that outside? The gunslinger. Showed up three weeks back. We've been prisoners ever since. I think the time for subterfuge has passed. My name is Carla Jicks. Uh, how did you get here? My craft crashed about a mile or so out of town. Did you try to repair your craft? Surely someone with your skills. It really was very badly damaged. We evacuate the town. Our ship's just over the hills. Room for everyone. I'll pop out, bring it back here. Robert's your uncle. Really? Simple as that. You still got to get past the gunslinger. <laughs> Security breach. Nine, eight, seven. Self-destruct overridden. Personal files of Dr. Carla Jacks. I'm sorry, Amy. He really should have followed the plan. I know who you are. And who Jex is, too. What I don't understand is why you haven't just walked into town and killed him. People will get in the way. Look, you want justice. You deserve justice. But this isn't the way. We can put him on trial. We can... When he starts killing your people, you can use your justice. This man is a murderer. I am a scientist. Sit down. Sit down! Somebody want to tell me what is going on? The gunslinger is a cyborg. A what? Half man, half machine. Our task was to bring peace, and we did. <laughs> oh, you're really letting him do this? Save us all? Yeah, I really am. If you wouldn't, I genuinely don't know. Doctor? Let him come back, Doctor! Or what? You won't shoot me, Amy. How do you know? Maybe I've changed. I mean, you've clearly been taking stupid lessons since I saw your life. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, everyone who isn't an American, drop your gun. And there you have it. Some more, a little bit more taste of um, a town called Mercy. Once again, uh, which seems to be the case, e even with the first story, Asylum of the Daleks, we had um, villains, even though they were uh, basically essentially fighting the Daleks. The story wasn't, um, oh, I guess it, I sense it was it, one of those um, world galactic stories, because if those crazy Daleks did escape, maybe then it would cause havoc in the universe. But what I liked about last week's episode and this week's episode is that um, there are no mega villains in it. I mean, last week it was just a someone that was... Um, out for his own uh, pocketbook, so to speak, you know, a, a scavenger, someone that's looking to make profit. Uh, this one, again, it, it, it I mean, it, yeah, mega villain 
um, could be considered uh, the title for um, the, 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 the Jacques character in his own world, but it wasn't a um, intergalactic type of thing. You know, it was a, a war that went on. Um, we don't have all the details, but um, so I, again, I kind of I like that factor as well. Dave, did you have anything? Um, oh, yeah, quite a few things. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right there. I mean, the the actual character here was really there to throw up in relief uh, some things that could be said about the Doctor himself. Mm. And of course, this is the second time that we've had a story where uh, the teaser at the beginning makes you think they're looking for the Doctor. Yes. Um, and it's not our Doctor that they're looking for. Of course, last week he was looking for a doctor to repair his legs after mm-hmm. the, uh, um, the the dinosaurs had got at him. And this week, um, the doctor isn't the doctor. It's um, it's another one, which makes it rather unusual. Um, but I think the the whole idea was to throw a, a mirror up to the doctor's past, where mm-hmm. he has been. I mean, the, this this doctor says to him, "You've never been in the situation where you've got to do these terrible things in war." to save your own race. Well, as we know, the doctor made the ultimate sacrifice uh, by uh, doing what he did. Um, some people think that maybe the Time War should have got more of a, a clearer reference to that for the listeners to, to pick it up. But um, others than that, I agree, um, we, we longer-term viewers will know exactly that that is the thought that's going through. And that's why perhaps we have this more violent reaction from the, from the Doctor to his character, because basically it's his own annoyance at himself as well. It's sort of, he sees his own self in a bad light when seen as this person. Uh, you know, so it's holding up a mirror to the Doctor. We've had a, a couple of, well, a few running things. We've had this, you know, this identity thing. We've had Christmas mentioned every week. Um, we've had uh, the other thing that's seen is being prisoners. Here we had the um, the doctor kept in the uh, marshal's cell. Uh, last week we basically had the young girl who, uh, again, these are spoilers from the last two weeks. Uh, you know, who uh, who the doctor's coming to rescue, as far as she's concerned. Uh, although you know she thinks she's from a, an actual space crash, she's actually uh, been imprisoned with, by, in mm-hmm. a Dalek casement. Well, the, the uh, asylum itself is the, the asylum itself is a prison for all uh, those Daleks. Is a, is a, a prison yeah. indeed? Yeah. So 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 we we've had that, and um, and again this theme of first chances and and not, and this is a sort of mirror story again to last week's episode where the Doctor felt as though the, the character, as though you said he wasn't a big major baddie, he was out for his own pocketbook, but the point is there were no redeeming features for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he'd had those two uh, robots of his, you know, yeah. uh, throw the Silurians out, you know, just with no compunction whatsoever. And he was certainly going to mistreat Nefertiti uh, as a plaything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he had no redeeming features at all, and therefore whether you agree or not, the Doctor should be in this role, this godlike role that we've had him had before, this, you know, this um, uh, Doctor Victorious type thing, which I think most of us as a, as a group didn't like that, that way. And, um, and maybe that proved... I mean, I did like the very fact that the 10th Doctor stories went that way 
because you could only go that way once you knew that David Tennant was leaving because it was a path that led to nowhere. It had to be something that led to um, him being brought up short, as it were. So, um, but there's no doubt about it that we have had darker periods of the Doctor. With the sick, we've had the Sixth Doctor holding a gun. We've had, you know, we've had other uh, expressions mm-hmm. of that happening in the past. So there was an awful lot. Now, just to go back to the beginning. When I watched this on the evening, uh, I was one stage off being bored. Yeah. Which is annoying because when you saw the trailers, the little teasers, they had three or four highlights, and all those three or four highlights looked as though we were in for a real treat. Mm-hmm. But the, all the highlights of the episode were in those trailers. Yeah. Um, as as uh, Alfred Hitchcock would say, you know, uh, drama is uh, life with the boring bits taken out. Well, this Doctor Who episode was the trailer with the boring bits taken out. Um, there was an awful lot. Having said that, doing these little clips and clips of Cultman, um, there is an awful lot of information. It, it, I would definitely urge people, even those ones that frankly thought it was, uh, you know, unforgettable. Not a, not a bad episode, but I think some people thought it was a, a forgettable episode. Some people thought it was rated very highly. On a technical front, I think it was taken highly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this idea of whether it was a good rendition of the Western or not, I think that's a misnomer in some ways, because you, uh, it depends on what you've seen as a a past viewer of Westerns, because Mm -hmm. as far as I understand it, the whole Western gunfighter thing is a myth anyway. It's not a question of whether it was realistic gunfighters. I mean, I bet basically, you know, if two drunks had an argument in a pub, one had run out of the pub, you know, uh, as though he was a wounded man, and then he'd probably wait in a dark alley and shoot the bloke that came out of the pub in the back. They never exactly. sort of face them square yeah. on. I, I think you know, many of the mythos so around think, the Old West is created by Hollywood, so to, so to speak. Exactly. So so to say this is uh, a pastiche of a, a Hollywood Western it is in a way a misnomer because the Hollywood Westerns themselves were pastiches, weren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, we, 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 but we had shame, we had high noon, we had all sorts of it. So um, what I'm trying to say in a long-winded way is... There was a lot of skill in this. There was a lot of uh, social and moral dilemma, and it was actually uh, very well crafted. But I didn't actually get a lot of great enjoyment on first watching. It was it was um, a so-so episode to watch. But I've got a feeling it will grow on me, and um, hopefully by you know the time I've watched it three or four times, I've done a commentary on it. I will really sing its praises. There was an awful lot of good information here. Now, whether that information was part of uh, Toby's writing are the bits that uh, Stephen Moffat had put in because they were part of the art and continuity. Mm-hmm. But the things like, uh, I mean, there's some good, you know, you've, uh, you've obviously, when Amy says, uh, Amy has a good role in this, by the way. I actually quite liked Amy in this, so it was good for that. You know, you, you've obviously been to stupid school in the last <laughs> thing. And, um, <laughs> mind you, her, her resolution was very good, wasn't it? I mean, the doctor's about to kill somebody. She's trying to tell him that, you know, killing him is not the way we roll. It's not the way we do it. And how does she get into stop? She holds a gun at him. So, 
you know, she defeats her own logic in that sense. Um, some great actors. Uh, the chap who played the sheriff, I wasn't that familiar with him, but of course he's uh, John Crichton from Farscape and played Cameron Michael oh, in Stargate 1. Was that him? I mean, he ben looked... Browder. Wow, I didn't know that. I mean, he looked familiar, and um, but I didn't. now that you mention it, yes, wow. Cool. <laughs> right, and the chap who played The Undertaker, and I didn't get this, I knew about that last one, but it's uh, Garrick Hagan, who um, played, um, what's he been in? Uh, well, he's actually been in Classic Who. He played the rebel leader Kai in Doctor Who, The Mutants. Um, Wasn't he in, he in, in Star, Star Trek? Wars, A New Hope. Oh, oh, oh he, he was, um, he was uh, what's his face? Wedge, wasn't he? Briggs. Not like Biggs, Biggs, Wars, Biggs, not Wedge. Um, Biggs. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't recognize him. Good. And the, I have to say, without the mustache and, well, you know, he's gotten older, so he doesn't have as much hair. But, um, yeah, wow. It's, um, right. I'm glad that the, you the made points played, of these. Yeah. 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 And the chap who played, um, the, you know, the other doctor, Adrian Scarborough, uh, he's been up in, uh, he plays the butler in the new version of Upstairs, Downstairs. But he was in the King's Speech. And he's, a, you know, a, an English character actor. So, you know, you he's very can't familiar to me. But they're having top draw cast here. Yeah. A top, top draw cast. Wow. So, I, I, you so know, all in all, it, it was well crafted. But for once, to me, the sum of the parts was actually greater than the whole, not the other way around. Yeah. No, I, I, was, I agree. It, yeah. It, it didn't ignite. No, I agree with you. I, I have to say, the watching this the first time, about three fourths into it, I was beginning to lose interest, and I, I have to say, yeah. I was a little bored. And uh, but once again, mm -hmm. I enjoyed it a lot more the second on the second viewing than I did on the first viewing. And I have to say that so far, with every episode this series so far, I have said that. So I don't know if that says anything, but um, but yeah, I, I, the the first viewing, I I kind of. I, I agree with you completely, Dave. That the some of the parts, um, you know, is greater than 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 the whole. If that makes, if I said that right, yeah. Usually, but not in this case. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. Sorry, yeah. The point is, um, it was a little bit flat. The the teaser promised a lot, but basically, I mean, I, I, it annoys me when I go to the movies and see these trailers. Now, I mean, literally. Um, I went to see uh, the new version of Total Recall, which I actually quite enjoyed, by the way. But some of the trailers I saw there, I thought, well, there's no point in going to see that movie. I've just seen it. You know, yeah, I know, I know. Like well, two and a half minutes. Uh, that's and you how see I see 40 different scenes. That, that's how I felt for the trailer for, um, uh, uh, what's that, Jim Cameron CG movie, uh, Avatar. I, I felt like I've seen when I saw the trailer for that. I felt like I saw the movie. I still haven't seen the movie yet, but I've seen the trailer, so I feel like I've seen the movie. Okay, yeah. but but that's all that I really want to say. Um, I, I'm quite apt to maybe you carry on and then get to the people in the room. Yeah, after. we'll get to the live callers. Um, but I'm, <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't um go through the uh, the wiki page with the. Uh, you know the guest actors yet so i didn't really put two and two together there but i i knew the isaac actor seemed very familiar to me but 
obviously he didn't look like Ben Browder that I knew from Farscape, but he just seemed very familiar. And, and, um, and obviously now, now I know, yeah, that was him. And I had heard that he was going to be in Doctor Who and I forgot all about it. And, um, and Garrett Hogan, um, yeah, he was a big spark, big Starlighter in Star Wars, which, um, you know, being a big Star Wars fan, I, uh, again, I didn't, um, you know, he's obviously, I haven't seen him in anything since in, in the past 35 years. So, um, his, his appearance isn't exactly the same. Yeah. So, um, but that's really uh, and interesting. Dominic Kemp, Dominic Kemp played the, um, the Android, but I don't know what he's been in. I'll perhaps look that up while you move along. Uh, again, they all did excellent as far as, uh, their portrayals. I, I, you know, I thought everyone did a great job in that. And, um, all right, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a, just a, a quick break and then we're going to come back and, uh, take everyone's live feedback. So, but, uh, I do want to remind, uh, people that this episode is brought to you by Audible. It's a premier provider of digital audiobooks. They have over a thousand, over a hundred thousand, well, over a thousand as well, but over a hundred thousand titles to choose from in every genre. And that includes uh, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, thrillers, uh, well, basically every genre that there's out there. Uh, Audible will play on your iPhone, Kindle, Android, and over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere, similar to this podcast. So, but for listeners of Dr. Upachak, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial, so you have a chance to check out their service. To get your free audiobook, you simply go to audiblepodcast.com slash pachak. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash, that's forward slash pachak for your free audiobook. And they have um, a couple hundred Doctor Who titles there to choose from, so if you just uh, punch in Doctor Who, you don't have to pick a Doctor Who title, I'm just suggesting that as... I'm assuming you're a Doctor Who fan if you're listening to this, but choose anything that you like from there and um, and check it out. And if you decide that it's not for you, you can, uh, you know, discontinue and keep your free audiobook. Now, last time we made a recommendation, which was an 11th Doctor original story, which uh, now, since we're reviewing A Town Call of Mercy in this episode, it might be fitting to go back to the first Doctor, to the first Western theme Doctor Who story, and this is The Gunfighters. Yes, Doctor Who, The Gunfighters. Now, this audio is taken from, um, you know, uh, the the actual episode, The Gunfighters, that dates back to the 1960s with William Hartnell playing the Doctor. Uh, Peter Purves plays uh, one of his companions and also does the linking narration in this. So uh, one of the original cast members from the series is doing is reading the the you know the narration for this story it's doctor who the gunfighters it's um again it's a it's a bbc audio book and this could be your free selection instead of a town called mercy the doctor dodo and steven find themselves in a town called tombstone uh let's hear a little bit from it now we uh... I do reckon I have a singer, only she's just stepped out a while down there. Maybe it's too quiet for you, barman? Like us to liven it up a little for you? How about a little fancy shooting, huh? No, I don't want any trouble. No trouble at all, friend. Billy takes aim as a row of bottles behind the counter. You can clean out of your mind, boy. That ain't no way to behave. Sit down. Stephen and Dodo enter. Ah, oh, we got company. Well, looky here. 
but isn't Calamity Jane and Sam Pass. <laughs> they head for the bar. There's no sign of the barman. Charlie's head pokes up from where he'd been cowering under the counter. What'll it be, stranger? Uh, oh, nothing to drink, thanks. We, uh, we just want to book three rooms. Three? For the two of you? Uh, oh, no, we got a friend joining us later. Oh. Well, I'll have to ask you to sign the book here. Yeah, sure. Just your names and occupation. He looks on with interest as Stephen writes. Yeah. See, are you really a piano player, lady? You darn tootin' I am. And a singer, too. Well, I'll be... Why, what's the matter? Well, nothing in the wide world, friend. I might just be able to offer you a job, is all. I, I, I got no pianist. On account he was shot last week. And I do have a singer, but she's always out someplace. Understand? I think so. Yeah, well, it's very kind of you, but we got to leave town in the morning. Oh, well, uh, oh. let me know if you change your mind. First floor, three, six, and seven. Why, thanks. Come on, Dodo. Oh, but Stephen... It's no good, Dodo. The doctor would never forgive me if anything happened to you. You all hear what I heard. Oh, well. Hey, what about his key? Well, that's a point, yes. Leave it downstairs, friend. Okay. The cowboys are suddenly taking an interest. Stephen heads upstairs while Dodo returns to the bar. Give this to our friend, the doctor, with my compliments. Sure, ma'am. She follows Stephen upstairs. So Holiday ain't traveling alone this time. Hey, I'll see that book. Billy snatches the visitor's book from the bar. Stephen regret. Now, any of you boys ever see a singer carry six guns or four? So Holiday has got himself a partner. Hopper. You sure, Holiday, don't know we're looking for him? Well, how could he? I ain't spread it about. I don't know, but when he comes to collect his key, I sure have me an itchy feeling in my back, thinking of his friend Regret coming down those stairs behind me. Finn, go up and fetch him down. Well, I say. Anything, honey, keep it friendly. You're the boss. And Harper, you take a walk down Main Street and see if you can find Holiday. I'm getting tired of just sitting here waiting. So again, it's audiblepodcast.com slash podchock for your free audiobook. And we thank Audible for sponsoring this episode of Doctor Who Podchock. And what we'll do is um, let's um, fire up another montage of themes uh, uh, themes of clips here and we'll get to everyone in the queue and if you're a podchock supporting subscriber we'll bump you up in the queue once again uh you can uh call into our live show while it's on this number is 724-444-7444 that's a lot of fours i know uh, the caller id is 23358 uh, so once again, Sundays at four o'clock we try to do that our live shows so um you can catch us live or you know, you, if you're uh, listening later on on the podcast, um, always call in the Poch, the public, the Pachak public call box, and I'll give that to you at the end of the episode. But here is um, some more from a town called Mercy. Make peace with your gods. Isaac, hey, Isaac, Isaac, protect Jacks. Town. You've got until noon tomorrow. Leave the keys and take a walk. The time you get back, this will all be done. I promised Isaac I'd protect him. Protecting him got Isaac dead. Let me guess. The good folk of Mercy wanted me to take a little stroll into the desert. It would be so much simpler if I was just one thing, wouldn't it? The mad scientist who made that killing machine, or the physician. 
to protect it. Okay, so, our next trip. Oh, you know all the monkeys and dogs they sent into space in the 50s and 60s? You will never guess what really happened to them. Um, could we leave it a while? Our friends are going to start noticing that we're aging faster than them. Another time? No worries. Yeah, and I missed all that dialogue out at the end because... There was no way to just have a, a clip of it. You either yeah. played the whole thing in entirety. So, no, you did well. You did well. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to uh, our live feedback here once again. Uh, first up in the queue is a familiar voice we heard from last week, Davros eleven seventy nine. So, welcome back to the show, Mister Davros. Hello. How are you? Very good. Good to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this, this episode, you know, I always like to, uh, as is pop shock tradition, give the TARDIS groans. Uh, the TARDIS didn't groan for this one. <laughs> A groanless episode. It was, it was groanless. The, the TARDIS did not move. Um, however, there were some interesting points, um, that, uh, that kind of, uh, hit me while listening to another cast, um, that I... Uh, thought of one being that um, uh, the big problem I had with this episode was the doctor being so on the edge to pull the trigger when he had that gun. Mm. Um, you know, it has been known that the doctor has used various weapons in the past to get an end result. But I, I think in that, in the context where it's, it's, it's him, it's a crude weapon and it's pointed at a guy's head and you can see the conviction. He's in that place where that trigger could pull you as an audience, whether it's the first DWF episode you've ever watched or it's episode number 570 because you've watched him so many times. You all believe that the conviction is there to pull the trigger. And that, that to me is huge, huge non-doctor quality. Um, some could call it the evolution of the 11th Doctor. Um, others, like myself, could call it a bad doctor moment um, because it, he, the Doctor, whether he may kill in war, um, whether he may cause deaths that otherwise would not have happened if he hadn't been there at all, the fact is, is that one-on-one, -on -one, when it comes down to it, the 10th Doctor said it best when he said, I never would. I never would. And you don't see that non-conviction in the 11th Doctor's eyes. You don't see it in his face that he's trying to prove a point, but he'd never pull the trigger. That that really struck me as, as just a bad Doctor moment. Um, but uh, I, I did um, appreciate the, the the high noon moment um, 
when we kind of get we get back to a taste of you know, we, we get a taste of what the doctor really is. I've got a gun, but I'm not going to use that because I have my screwdriver. Um, and, you know, we've got one of those, doesn't anybody need to put up cabinets moments, you know, and pull out the sonic screwdriver. That's my weapon. That, that was good. That was a, that was, that was a nice, um, that was more of that, you know, I never would kind of moment. Um, I'll use my brain over my brawn any day of the week. So, so that, that was good. Who brings um, a sonic screwdriver to a gunfight? The doctor does. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. You know, he you know he he doesn't like sonic guns because bananas are good. Yes. So you know <laughs> uh, that sort of thing. That you know that that was great. Um, did really think we missed a prime opportunity to probably see some excellent Rory moments, which there was none because he wasn't in it. <laughs> but. Um, it would have been nice. I think this would have been a great episode for Rory um, and the Doctor to really kind of have a, you know, the Doctor kind of being the macho uh, Marshall guy and everything there uh, for a while. I think it would have been great uh, to kind of give Rory a, a deputy kind of uh, position or something, but uh, they, they missed out on that. I don't know why, but they decided to miss that opportunity. Um, Amy was actually it was one of the few times that she bothered me. Uh, in the last, uh, this season and the last one, um, I liked the the reminder part during the uh, the holding of the gun and the, the pointing it and everything. And you know, she says, "No, we have to be better than them. We, we, you know, you can't do this." And I thought that was pretty good because that um, that kind of goes back to why the doctor appreciated Donna so much. And uh, you know, she kind of reminded them that you know, companions are a good thing. And, and they kind of help keep you grounded, kind of thing. And she played that role very well in that moment, whether it was a rehash of an old thing or not. She took on that role perfectly in that moment of what a companion is supposed to be, at least for the new doctors that we've had. Uh, so that was good, but that was pretty much the only redeeming qualities I found out of it for my personal enjoyment. Otherwise, it just it just wasn't there for me. Mm-hmm. Now, um, now you mentioned that Rory wasn't there. I remember there's a scene where Rory's out with one of the ta- town folks and the gunslinger was aiming at them. They were behind some rocks and and I'm watching and I'm trying to remember why are those two out there to begin with? I, I guess I need to watch the episode again, but I... The, uh, the, the decoys. The, the, uh, he's wearing, uh, the, sheriff is, uh, the sheriff is wearing uh, Sharon's clothes. So he said next time you wear his clothes. Oh, Okay. Because this yeah, is the scene right before the, the doctor sets off the siren on on his spaceship. So it, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. They're the decoys. That's the uh, all right. That's the way to allow the doctor to get away on horseback. The idea is that the, uh, the cyborg okay. can't follow both. Yeah, that that it was almost like Rory. We had old Rory in this episode where we don't we don't see him a whole lot, and when we do, he's doing something that a scene or whatnot that's, you know, kind of comic relief. He's got a line that'll make us laugh or, you know, kind of drop the seriousness for a moment. And uh, that's, uh, that, that, again, that was disappointing. So I think Rory, as a, uh, the character of Rory, has come a really long way. Um, I think he played off the doctor really well in a couple other episodes, including last week's. Um, so that, that was kind of disappointing. I mean, it was a funny line. He had a couple funny things to do, and they were, they were good for what they were, but I, I think they, they, they kind of pedaled back the character a bit, and that, that, was, that was, again, just kind of a letdown. 
Yeah, I almost expected a, um, a Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid moment of that where you know the the, the, the fellas were trying to say, um, "Come on, we'll uh, you know we'll have to jump," and then Rory say, "I can't swim." He said, "What are you talking about? The call will probably kill you." You know, <laughs> but I don't suppose they could have done that. All right, so uh, no Tardis groans from you, Davros eleven seventy nine. Unfortunately, not. She's she's not growing. The console is dormant. <laughs> That's what. There's crumbs stuck on the console, though. And, all right. Well, thank you once again, and um, hopefully uh, you'll join us next week. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Cheers. Well, uh, we're going to go to uh, another Jeff, uh, the Seventh Doctor. That is. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear okay. you. Okay. All right. See, it's working for it's working for for this Jeff. Yeah. Well, Jupiter G, all I can say is the best thing for you to do is to uh, hang up and then come back in if you can. I I think he was having trouble on another call earlier today. Yeah, he said so that it might his be something uh, with his job. his his uh you know cue to talk was grayed out. He had mentioned in chat. Uh, generally, I I like this episode this week. I thought that uh, it had it was a better episode than the previous week. Uh, I like this one better than dinosaurs on a spaceship. We we had a lively discussion about this episode in uh, on Coltum's Collective earlier today, and I, I think I liked it better than most of the people on there. I uh, had a very well, it, I, I I apologize. I came in a little cold on on wanting to speak. I just put myself into the queue. But um, that's okay. Overall, I, overall, I did like this episode, and uh, I did have some minor quibbles with it, but nothing to really distract me uh, too much from enjoying the episode. The the music I thought was excellent. Uh, mm -hmm. They really got me into the western feel with the western style music that music that uh, Mary uh, Murray Gold composed for this episode. Yeah. Um I I do agree with one caller on Caltum earlier that uh, I wish they would have gotten the doctor's theme into the music somehow like they did with the impossible astronaut it would have just been a nice fit uh, to do that western type of uh, the Doctor's theme that they had in, in, in The Impossible Astronaut in this episode also. Um, it was a kind of a simple story all overall, but lots of times simple stories are the best kind of stories because you don't have to have a lot of continuity uh, with prior episodes. It was It was a mostly a standalone episode, which I thought was good. Mm -hmm. We didn't get the um, at the beginning of the episode, we didn't have to go and run and pick up Amy and Rory like we have in the uh, last two stories. Mm -hmm. So that was really good. Um, yeah, just on that note, it's kind of starts. It kind of starts off if you look at the just like just the camera work alone. It just focuses on the doctor, and then it sort of pans over and we see that Amy and Rory with them. But it seems like it's might be trying to fool you at first that this is just a solo doctor story and then then uh, it's um you know we're enlightened to the fact that amy and rory are, are already with him 
I'm sorry. Go I ahead. guess I didn't look at it that. No, that's okay. Uh, I, I guess I didn't look at it that way, but I, I guess you could uh, see that uh, if you were, if you noticed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I didn't. Um, there was also another sleight of hand this week, uh, kind of like last week, where we had a character say, "Oh, th- there's a doctor," and we're thinking, "Oh, they're expecting the doctor," mm-hmm. and it's a different type of doctor than what we we're expecting. So there's maybe a kind of a running theme there, uh, this series in which um, people say, oh, there's a doctor or the doctor, and it's actually uh, something else that they're referring to. Last week, we had the the bad guy wanting a medical doctor and thinking that the doctor was a medical doctor, which he is. And this week, we have two doctor characters and uh, one a character is referring to the other character and at the end of Asylum of the Daleks the Daleks didn't know who the doctor was exactly so yeah there's definitely some doctor identity issues going on (laughs) exactly Uh, I I really liked uh, Ben Browder in this I, I knew he was going to be in it, but I didn't know a whole lot about the story before sitting down to watch it last night. And um, I had seen pictures of the gunslinger, and but not enough to know who was playing the gunslinger. So I thought maybe Ben Browder was playing the gunslinger, and mm-hmm. I was kind of mildly surprised that it was he was playing somebody else, uh, the marshal in in this case. Um, I, I kind of have a problem with um, him playing a character, the marshal. Uh, the marshals, they kind of moved around between towns, and they still do in, in present day. So I, I kind of thought that, you know, he should have been the sheriff, not the marshal. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest with you, uh, so, I, I don't know what the difference is. So I'm glad you were able to shed some light on it. I, as I said, I'm I'm not really an expert when it comes to, like, Westerns, and I... You know, to me, like sheriff and marshal are like one and the same. So I don't know what the differences are. Well, marshal is is a federal officer, so they're not stationed in one place. Mm -hmm. They kind of go around a different. They're assigned an area, and they they kind of go around between the different er, uh, places within that area. So the, the fact that this town didn't have a sheriff. Maybe the marshal just happened to be there when everyone got trapped. That, that seems pretty uh, um, coincidental, uh, if that's the case. Uh, be a little unbelievable, but uh, that, that's basically the difference. So, in my opinion, it would have made better sense if he was the sheriff and not the marshal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish Rory had more to do in this story. Uh, I really like the Rory character. Always with the Rory. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish they would have given more lines, more to do in this story. Uh, Rory's always a fun character to watch and see what he's going to say. And he didn't really have much to do in this story. So that was a bit of a disappointment. Um, I, I kind of liked having this um, thing that we're having these last two stories of having kind of a darker doctor. 
I was pointing a gun now at, at a character and saying, leave, you know, so this can end and everyone in the town can be saved. Um, last week we had him putting that tracking device in, in the spaceship so that uh, uh, the Ark could be saved. Mm-hmm. And, but in in the process, the, the the bad guy gets blown up. And that's just something we don't see a whole lot of with the Doctor. And uh, I, I think we get an allusion to that with Amy confronting the Doctor in this story, uh, saying that this is what happens when you travel alone for so long. And so we, we got a lot of good conflict and character development, I think, there between those two characters in this story. Although it is kind of a rehash. We, we've seen this before mm-hmm. um, with Donna and the Doctor. Sure. Uh, so and there, there's good and bad there. Is, is Moffat doing too much of something that's already been done in the series? I don't know. Um, and I also like the, the conversation between the Doctor and the Doctor about... Um, uh, the cyborgs were created to end the war that had been going on for years and years with no resolution, and the cyborgs ended it very quickly. And I think that would have been a very good time to bring Rory in with a point about Earth history with World War II and the atomic bomb and the Amer- United States mm-hmm. using it on Japan. Um I had a discussion going last evening on on uh, Gallifrey base about that very conversation, and it, it's my opinion that the Japanese in that case, if they had had an invasion of, of mainland Japan, that they would have sacrificed thousands and thousands of their own troops and a lot uh, U.S. troops along with them uh, to defend Japan, where the bombs. The two droppings of the of the atomic bombs ended it very quickly, with a lot less life being killed. So I, I can see the point there. That, um, the I, I forget the character's name. The the alien doctor yeah, was making Jax, yeah. and creating these these yeah jacks. Um, so I, I thought that was a, a good could good conversation, but they could have expanded on it, brought Rory into it, the conversation, and at least had him do something in this story. No, I agree. And for, uh, I, I for, for all we know, he might have, and they might have edited it out. You know, we, we know from past Doctor Who Confidentials that there's a lot that goes, that, that shot, that, you know, winds up on the editing room floor. That's very true. Maybe they could have made this a two-parter. I, I don't know if there would have been enough there to make it two parts or not. Something else, um, just as what we saw last night, um, the 43 minutes or whatever it was, it almost felt like a classic series story because they could have, uh, and this happened almost right in the middle, they, they could have had a cliffhanger where the doctor was pointing the gun at, at the the other doctor and Amy then pointed the gun at, at our doctor and that could have been a, a great cliffhanger type scene sure. from the classic series absolutely that's where the sting would come in and we get the end credits and we'll have to wait a week <laughs> exactly exactly 
uh, and this this did have a, a classic series feel to it in other ways as well. I didn't really get the idea of the boundary around the town with the wood and the stones. Uh, I, I know it was just supposed to be some sort of landmark, but it didn't really stop the gunslinger for, from coming into the town, and he eventually did. So I, I just didn't get that idea. Yeah. But that's just a minor quibble. Um, I, I did enjoy the episode not quite as much as I did Asylum, but it was better than last week's, and I give it a four uh, TARDIS groans. Oh, very good. Okay, good. Well, thank you, Jeff. As, as always, good to have you back okay. on the show, and um, hopefully you can join uh, us next you. time. I will I will try. Okay, thanks. Cheers. Thank you, Jeff. Barbara. We'll go to South Carol. South Carol. I was going to say Carolina, but it's South California. Okay. I think it might be Ken. Welcome to Dr. Upachak. Hello there, Lewis. How are you? Very good. Good this to have you on the Barr. show. Nice to be here. So really, um, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, so what's your take on, um, on a town called Mercy? Okay. Well, this is the third standalone episode, which I think is a positive thing mm-hmm. because I think we've gotten to a point where the overreaching arc for a new fan or even regular fans is getting so much into a depth of whose child is who, Yes, yes. what time factor, how old is the doctor. At first it was a lot of fun, but these tropes start to get a little bit tiring. I agree. It's nice to be able, it's nice to, be able to sit somebody down who's not initiated and go, you know, what's Doctor Who? Can I get into it? I'd be hard-pressed from the last two series, I'd show them Vincent, I'd show them um, Doctor's Wife. Mm-hmm. Those are standout, beautiful, incredible examples of great Who. Eleventh um, um, Hour would would be a really good episode. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to get so much into the crack in time and the silence, and we have so much that isn't answered yet that we're hoping we're going to have answers that I think we're not even going to get into until next year. Um, this was really refreshing. This is my favorite episode uh, so far this season. Um, I enjoyed the first episode mostly because of the big surprise of General uh, Louise Coleman. That was a big shock to all of us. The, the press and reviewers kept that uh, you know, close uh, to them and really thankful for that. I thought it was very touching. Uh, last week's uh, episode, Dinosaurs in the Spaceship, was a romp, um, had a very good villain, and some nice guest stars, and some really touching Amy Rory moments. I think Karen, Karen Gillian is such an amazing actress, wonderful actress, but is not one of my favorite companions. Because a lot of times I I feel her character, you know, it's the way she treated Rory, of course, and the character being the cipher, etc. I I wanted to see more of the girl who had to have four psychiatrists. 
the little girl who waited lonely, well, no, well, the doctor never came for her. Um, she's used a lot of times as the major plot point rather than somebody I thought that you fall in love with. She had a great moment in this episode, Town Called Mercy. She's the moral barometer in, in the episode, and she's very well used. And I'm hoping that next week's episode, we're going to have a lot of uh, Amy and Rory. Um, something that Jeff said, and I, I concur with totally, was, you know, Rory was non-existent. He even talks about it in the episode when the preacher calls him fella and he looks at him and he goes fella yeah in this episode rory is fella he's not even rory <laughs> so not not a criticism but just in kind of almost obvious tell on on uh, what his position is but what i really liked about this episode first off i'm a big fan of westerns mm-hmm. so they they already sunk me in but it wasn't parody Western. It felt real. The direction was top-notch. The cinematography, beautiful. Mm-hmm. The lighting, the use of shading. Yes. They, they even went to the effort um, to go to Spain, Almera, Spain, which were the locations where they filmed Fistful of Dollars and a few dollars more. So I really credit the whole Who production crew with going, not only do we want to emulate Sergio Leone, we want to go there. And um, Murray Gold, um, some people thought the music was very derivative. I liked it. I, mm-hmm. I, I felt I was listening to Elmer Bernstein, Magnificent Seven, and Ennio, Ennio Morricone's music for all those great spaghetti westerns. But what made the episode so good, it did feel like classic Who, and we got a great moral question um, about what makes someone a war criminal. It wasn't black and white. Mm-hmm. There were wonderful shadings of gray, and we had a total reversal. There was the stock bad guy, killer cyborg, um, gunslinger, and the very noble doctor. And then they reversed it. And we have the 11th Doctor losing it, which, which corresponds to last week. I don't like it when the Doctor loses it. I don't like it when he grabs a gun. I want to see what Moffat's doing with this. Is he leading to something that, that's going to be some penultimate dramatic uh, conflict leading to the 50th anniversary? Is he going to use it or is it going to be thrown away? But what I really like was the moral underpinning, the use of the feeling of guilt that the alien doctor's character, College Jack, had. Um, someone in um, another show mentioned, and I and I really felt it too. There was a whole. Um, almost Greek myth feeling of guilt to him that he, that in the, his afterlife, he's going to take on the sins mm-hmm. of all he, all he's damned. It's like the ancient myth of Sisyphus where he pushes the rock up the gigantic mountain forever. And when he finally reaches it, it comes down on him. 
that he that he's going to have to uh, live through that. And the doctor seeing himself in this alien doctor, the doctor grabs this gun, and for a moment wants to is glad to lose it. He can't. The doctor can't punish himself, so he's punishing himself um, by transference. Mm-hmm. He's seeing this man as him, and that that's a lot of what I got out of it. Toby Whitehouse did a, a really cracking job on the script. The guest stars, uh, Ben Browder was really good as the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Scarborough as the alien doctor. Keller Jacks was really good. I really liked the preacher um, in it. He was very nice. Yeah. And I liked the narration, the opening and closing mm-hmm. narration, holding it together with the little girl. Really a top-notch episode. Um, one out of five uh, TARDISes, TARDIS groans, I'd give it a four. It It isn't the utmost best Doctor Who, but it's very good. Yeah. No, very good. I, I have to agree with a lot of the things that you had mentioned. Uh, as I said, um, you know, when I was talking, I don't know if you might have came in late. I'm not sure. But uh, it was very well shot. Uh, the compositions of the shots were really composed very well. The lighting was incredible. As you said, the, the use of shadows and light and dark uh, was done very well. Um, the music, I thought, was very well fitting. It really created the, the tone and mood of the story and, and, and of the environment. I, I didn't think the... You know, I didn't think that was cliche, or I didn't think it was. Uh, I thought it was well fitting, and the performances by the the cast were all top notch. You know, I, I there wasn't anyone that I felt, uh, even um, th- that young fellow who um, uh, I don't know if he has a name or not, but he was eighteen, almost nineteen, and challenges the doctor. I mean, all of them were. I thought did a great um, job in um, their performances. The young man whose life could have gone terribly wrong, but did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I appreciate you giving us some insight. You know, as as far as um, you know, it it really was um, a lot of it had to do with um, um, you know the the, the Jack's character and um, feeling guilt and um, you know and, and he had to face you know his. Um, his predicament in in the afterlife with um again playing on that mercy theme you know getting um, trying to mercy for the the souls that he had damaged in his um previous efforts you know his yeah. some really nice poetic dialogue in this episode yeah. Yeah. all right well thank you so much i really appreciate you uh chiming thank in you. it's always nice seeing you it's always nice seeing you with gallifrey yeah, I hope to get out there again. Um, unfortunately, it's just not in the budget at, at the moment, but um, it's not being ruled out. So hopefully um, I, I can get it back out there again. It's it's always a, a, a good, fun event. And now it's, um, I, I mean, it's it's to the merit of the event and to the Doctor Who fandom that it's grown so much that um, they they have to cap it. There, um, I, I think there's yeah. like 150-some more days left before they stop... Um, Taken on it, yeah, um, like thirty-two hundred, something like that. Um, yeah, uh, capping it at. So, um, I mean, it's 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 both. I mean, it's it's good and bad at the same time. But it's um, it, it's still a, a great event. It's, it's it's an event. If you can get out there to it, I always recommend it. Yeah, it was wonderful. It's wonderful having Podshock there and 
Thank you for letting me on. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I hope you can join us, um, you know, next week or, or you know, future episodes. Or, you know, we, I will. I will. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Thank thanks you. again. Cheers. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, dude. That was um, some great insight there uh, by Ken. Now, uh, I don't know if we have any other callers. Uh, we'll give our final wrap up here. Um, well, we have got a couple trying, but unfortunately. Doesn't look as though we're getting on time, and we've got an awful. Uh, well, we've had a lot of guests drop in as well. So yeah. It's been a good turnout. No, it's been it's been a good show. Um, now I'm going to go back to what I was said before, and I have to say that I, again, I enjoyed this so much more on the second viewing than I did on the first. Um, some of the, the the problems I had with it just seemed like material that's been not exactly that that you know you know story wise but uh thematic wise it's stuff that we've seen before when sci-fi meets the old west and um no big surprises there but with everything else going on the the other it's you know elements of the story and and the the technical merits that i just went through and um and and just the morality themes that were going on i think really brings this um up a notch so i would say when i first watched it i would give it two and a half tardis groans but on the second viewing i would bump it up to three and a half tardis groans um because there's a lot to like about this episode even though i'm not a big westerns fan and i i find a lot of the you know when sci-fi meets old west some of it gets a little cliche and and trite but i thought um you know there was a lot going on for this to kind of counterbalance those negatives that I that I felt were negatives that um, because there were a lot of interesting concepts that were explored here aside from the cliches. Yeah, I, I would somewhat agree with that. I'd actually be a bit harsher. I would say I'd only give it a two on the first viewing because it 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 didn't have it didn't engage me. Although I could see it was well produced, I could see it was well acted, mm-hmm. I could see that um you know a lot of care and attention had gone to it but it wasn't gripping me as the story but the dialogue once you actually there's an awful lot in there and um, it definitely has improved on the second viewing and also being familiar now more familiar now with the actual audio um it has grown on me and maybe i mean let's face it i mean i've had this experience before gridlock uh, it was an indifferent episode to me. Now it's in my top five episodes hmm. of Doctor Who. So, never know. I might yeah. do a complete turnabout. Yeah. No, I like I said, I really enjoyed it a lot better the second viewing, and I don't know, maybe it has something to do with my expectations. Though I, I really, and I try to stay away from spoilers, and I try to keep my expectations as, you know, as 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 flat as possible not not to get it too high or, or or too low when going into these new doctor who stories so um but but yeah i i was last night i was just a little disappointed with it and well, not disappointed just flat just I, I thought it was just middle of the road but then watching it again i was able to kind of dissect and, and really appreciate the nuances that are in this and aside from some of the some of those cliches and and maybe if you're a western fan maybe that's this that's something that you like and um you know and and enjoy so um you know that's why i put that disclaimer ahead of my review that i'm not very big on western so i but i try not to make that make that taint my review so but there you have it all right so we'll be back 
next time for our review of I th- was it the the something of threes? Um, what is it called again? The power. The power. The of power three. of threes. Power of three. Which seems to be a, a very different type of episode than that we've seen so far. Then again, probably you could say that with a, with every episode of this series. And also, I want to go back <laughs> to um, what I think Ken was saying. If it wasn't Ken, maybe the seventh Doctor. Uh, if maybe I think it was the seventh. One of one of our callers had yeah. mentioned um, how good it is that so far this series the episodes weren't really arcing episodes. You know, because I think we did get too much of that in the last. You know, we've had a fill of grand arcing stories, telling a grand story. Um, I don't mind having a thread that's carried over from one to another, something like, you know, like the Turlo thing with the Black Guardian and all that, which wasn't all too overwhelming. But or the key to time. Or the key to time. Stuff like that is fine. But um, I think it's good to have episodes that can be standalone and you don't, you know, you're not, if you watch it for the first time, you're not lost and you don't know what's, you know, it, it's just, I think we have too much of that, you know, especially the last couple um, series. It was, I mean, not too, you know, it just, yeah, it was just too much. You know, I'm, I'm glad that this, this series we're back to like just good storytelling. Um, yeah. So we'll be back next week for the power of three and hopefully you can join us then. And, uh, let's see, you also, um, want to join the Cultum collective, which, which is on at two with, None other than Dave AC Dave AC Cooper along with Ian. And speaking of Ian, who is Dave AC? V blogger, podcast host, Doctor Who fan, wine aficionado, and gadget guru. The man with the plan. The gentleman podcaster. Catch him on Doctor Who Podchalk. The CIA podcast. And his very own V-blog at www.daveac.blip.tv. He's suave. He's debonair. He's British. He is Dave. Dave AC. <laughs> I ha- I had to do a little tribute to Dave to thank him for all his help that he's um he's done for Doctor Who Parchak uh, recently and and over the years Dave's always incredible and also to get Ian on our live show I know Ian just came off doing Cultum and I know this is dated a bit so um, substitute in your mind when when Ian says CIA he's talking about the Cultum Collective (laughs) (laughs) Ian face me (laughs) all right so um I guess that's it. Until next time, cheers, everyone. Bye-bye. Cheers. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifernMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. 
Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit arttrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. say keep out. I see keep out signs as suggestions more than actual orders, like dry clean only.